is not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. All right, we got a quick addendum. It's like a to-be-continued from the podcast that came out today. Welcome back. So I told you, I mean, I just don't have time to record an entire Not Sam Wrestling episode. You know, they're like 90 minutes long. I don't have time to do an entire episode after NXT airs. But what am I going to do? Just not give you guys a reaction to NXT? So here we are, hours after the first episode of NXT on USA. A historic night for NXT and for wrestling. Hours after the first episode of NXT on USA airs. It's a real thing. We're back to just add an addendum. We do bonus shows like this a lot for the people on Patreon at Patreon slash Not Sam Wrestling, but this one's free for everybody. We're doing it live for the Patreon people, so if you hear me uh, bringing up people in the Discord room or people leaving comments or whatever, that's because that's people on Patreon that we're doing it live for. Um, but other than that, hey man, you get to enjoy it as well, just like we all enjoyed NXT. On USA, first of all, how about this? Who's the guy with the ritzy internet connection that didn't get kicked off the WWE Network? I was checking my Twitter feed, and apparently I'm the only guy that didn't get kicked off the WWE Network. Look at me, huh? Look at me. I got to watch both hours of uh, of NXT. And by the way, kind of weird to watch two hours of NXT. I was like, okay, this is a real show now. This isn't like... Something, because, you know, if you missed a couple episodes of NXT, you just kind of let it slide over the weekend. You can always make up for it. You know, you can you can, you can can catch up on a month's worth of NXT over the weekend. Not the case anymore. Of course, now it's live, and it's become appointment viewing, so I guess it's a little bit different. But uh, it, there is, it's so weird. There is such a difference watching in knowing it's on USA and knowing you're watching on the WWE Network. And that's not just because... A lot of people couldn't see what was on the WWE Network because they were getting kicked off. That's because I I wasn't getting kicked off, and it was just, it felt different. You knew that you were watching something else. There's something about USA, just knowing. I don't even think it's it's actually different. You know, you could argue, well, they've got commercial breaks. You know, the timing is, is more important when you're on regular TV versus the WWE Network, and all that's true. But I think it's just I think it's just knowing. I think it's just watching and knowing. It's the difference between watching live and taped. Even if you don't know the results of something that's taped, it's still more exciting to watch it live. You know? And and I think that the same is true for knowing that that NXT is on the USA network. So we're going to focus on the first hour of the show cuz that really is the history making hour. Uh real quick, I you know, I thought the whole show was I mean, of course it was great. The first hour was incredible. The, the hour that was on USA was absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, big shocker from me, I think that it's exactly what it needed to be. You know, second hour, you know, nuts. I thought uh, the second hour really set up what NXT is going to feel like. I think that uh, clearly NXT represents all of the alternatives to Raw and SmackDown. We saw representation from... Uh, the Cruiserweight uh, from 205 Live and from NXT UK. Surprise appearance by Walter and his fr- uh, faction. Surprise return. I'm surprised that they didn't uh, uh, hype it up or, or make a big deal out of it. But Leo Rush, 
not only returning to the ring, but tonight beating Oni Lorcan to become the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And interesting in the sense that I guess one of the, you know, big reports going around was that 205 Live was going to end and it was going to merge with NXT and Triple H said, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, you know, that, that there would be 205 representation on NXT because I think it fits our brand. And I think that's right. I think that's the way it's going to go, you know. I think the big stars from NXT UK will be in NXT standard, as it were. But I think they'll also be in NXT UK. I think that you will see a number one contender 205 Live match on NXT, but you'll still see 205 Live, you know. Um, you know, Pete Dunne. Uh, street Fight, you know, all good. Interesting choices, you know. That's what I was really looking at. Some of the interesting choices of who wrestled where. The fact that uh, uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne got their representation on the WWE Network. And I would imagine that this episode of NXT on the WWE Network probably had a lot more viewers than the average episode of NXT on the WWE Network. But still... You know, I mean, the, the difference between being on, on USA and the WWE Network is a big difference. Just in terms of numbers, it's a big difference. So you wonder how those guys felt, you know? Especially Matt Riddle, who's been known to, you know, like opportunities, shall we say. You know, you wonder if that uh, played on him or he understands, you know, the long term of what's going on. Because I think there was a lot of long-term thinking in this first episode of NXT. So let's talk about that first hour because that really is the show. That's the representation of where NXT is going as a brand. Um, I thought that the opening was perfect. I love these NXT openings where you're trying to figure out where Triple H is. This time, I swear, he gets me every time. This time, I'm going, and I remember, I remember, I think it was the first Brooklyn takeover when he was in the ring with the lights down before they went live and he actually had a conversation with 15,000 people in an arena telling everyone to just keep it down. There's going to be a, it's going to look great on television. You know, he wasn't even like, you know, oh, wait for a big surprise. Keep it down. He was like saying like, no, guys, this is going to look really cool on TV if you can just not talk while I'm talking and then the lights come on and then you guys make all the noise you want. And everybody was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, that could be cool. Like, you know, we were all in a production meeting. Um, but... Yeah, I swear to God, this time I was like, okay, this one's taped. And then he walks out into the arena and he's live and I'm like, you got me again, Hunter. You got me again. So starting with that, I thought that the the setup, first of all, like a show like tonight proves, that whether it's WWE, whether it's NXT, the WWE system and the production value that that staff is able to get out there is second to none. There is such a difference between WWE and everything else when it comes to production value. I mean, the, just the little tweaks that they made to the to the uh, arena at Full Sail, calling it the NXT Arena, and then the little the little physical tweaks, the the stand, the the platform that they put up high on top of the commentators' area, so that when they did stand-ups, they could look out across the entire arena. The the lighting, the way that it, it, it shut down, like you couldn't really tell. That room is tiny. It is so small. It is so much smaller than it looks on TV, especially on the USA version. If you ever go, your mind will be blown, especially based on what you saw on USA tonight. They made the room, they made it look bigger. They didn't make it look big. They still had it look intimate. 
It still didn't look like an arena per se, you know, the way like a, like a sports arena, basketball arena, hockey arena, but you you didn't realize it was just like a a, a small, you know, 200 people on a college campus. It seemed like a big deal. Production value was high. The shot of Io Shirai coming in where you could see. Yeah, I always kind of wondered, like, why bother having the flat screen on the roof that just kind of looks over the ring? And it's like, and then you see that angle that they shot at. So they're pointing up at Io and Io's looking down and you see the screen on top of her. And I was like, that's so cool. You know, you talk about choices of who is going to be used. First, and, and, and while we're talking about production too, Morrow, Beth Phoenix, and Nigel, fabulous. Just fantastic. Everybody played their role perfectly. Everybody complimented each other. Everybody knew where to jump in, where to jump out. I, you know, the three of them together, just seamless. And for Beth Phoenix to not have really been doing this for very long, hats off to her. Hats off to Beth Phoenix. Um, you know, they're all good, but Beth Phoenix is just not... She didn't have the experience that the others do, and you can't tell when you're watching. It's it just, I mean, it really, it complemented everything, especially when you're dealing with a product like NXT, where that stuff has to be good. The commentary has to be good because people's standards for the product is so high. Let me get into, there's people uh, commenting in the Discord room already. Um, great story. Uh Huge opportunity for the women to kick off the show. And they just killed it. Absolute home run. Yeah, man. And somebody's asking me, they're looking at my desk. How long did it take you to set up your action figures? I'm sitting here. There's NXT toys on the desk. We got Pete Dunne. We got Velveteen Dream. Shayna Baszler. We got the Undisputed Era minus Roddy Strong. They don't make a Roddy Strong yet. You got Ciampa. We got Gargano. It's a special night. Of course they're going to be on display on the desk tonight. It didn't take me that long. I'm a professional. Um... Yeah, so they start with the with the women's four-way match. Tons of pressure on the women for that. Incredible match. Starts off so hot. They went into that first commercial break just smoking, hot on fire. Slowed down the pace in the right way when they came back. I thought Candice LeRae was going to be the one that won based on, you know, where they've been, where they're going, how it would feel. And then we find out, and, and she did, and she did amazingly. And then we find out that the match is happening in two weeks. October 2nd on NXT Live on USA, Shayna Baszler, Candice LeRae, one-on-one NXT Women's Championship. Candice LeRae's first opportunity at the NXT Women's Championship, so it'll be interesting to see the stories that get told uh, about those two next week, you know, when they start building to this match. But yeah, man, I thought they did so good. Yeah. They really established who each person was. I understood who Mia Yim was. I understood who Io Shirai was. I understood who Candice LeRae was. I understood who Bianca Belair was. And I mean, I was looking at Twitter. A lot of a lot of people watching. You know, we take it for granted because we watch this stuff all the time. We love TakeOver, all this stuff. So many people watching didn't know who Bianca Belair was. Certainly didn't know who Mia Yim was. You know, hadn't seen any of these people before. You know, I saw one because I did send a tweet out that said Bianca Belair deserves to be in the match, but she's still going to lose. And I stand by that, you know, um, and she did. But uh, somebody was like, oh, I don't know who this Bianca Belair is, but she's a beast. And it's like, yeah, where have you been? The answer is not on the WWE Network. He's been watching Law & Order reruns. Well, now NXT is there to interrupt your Law & Order reruns. Um, 
but yeah, that ended up being the perfect match to start the show off with. Um, really, really cool stuff. Really, really, really cool stuff. Uh, I liked that they were spending time. First of all, the commentators did a good job of subtly introducing each player, not just in this first match, but throughout the night. They they did a good job establishing a who is and a backstory for every competitor who is in the ring. And they did it in a very subtle way. They did it in a way where those of us that watch every week wouldn't feel like outsiders. Like, yeah, I know. I know who Bianca Belair is. I know what the EST is. They, you know, they did it in a way where it felt organic, but the information was getting out there so that if you haven't watched before, you know. You know what I mean? You're, you're, they're, they're, they're bringing people in, which I think is really important for uh, to be on USA. And then between every match, they had those vignettes explaining who people were and who were going to be the main players. You know, the fact that Adam Cole, we ended up seeing, seeing him later in the night, but he didn't have a promo. He didn't have a match. So we're going to show you who he is. Um, you know, clearly, first of all, doing a 25-minute match on a one-hour premiere show is ballsy. Ended up being the right decision, but ballsy. It's a one-on-one match. You're going to take people off TV, but you are showing off Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream, two of the best in NXT. So I get the logic behind it for sure. But it showed you that, look, every NXT is still on once a week. And even in two hours, you're not going to see everyone every week. You know, this is the whole NXT roster. This is not the TakeOver roster. There's a lot of people in NXT that still haven't been to a TakeOver. And those are the people that you're going to see on TV as well as the people that go to TakeOvers. So, you know, I'm sure we'll see more of those packages, more of those vignettes. But they really, I would love to do a calculation of not counting commercials. So whatever it ends up being, you know, uh, uh, however long the show is without commercials what percentage of that time was in the ring? Because I think it was a lot. I think clearly they're focused on the in-ring product um, and they fully succeeded. Second match, and it's nuts. So you're like, we have three matches on the show. That's all we have time for. Because one of them is a, you know, 15 to 20 minute women's four-way and one of them is a 20 to 25 minute singles for the North American Championship. So what are we going to do at that time? You know, they showed the package of uh, Dijakovic and Keith Lee which is great because, I mean, I think even the people who watch on the WWE Network could afford a refresher on who they were, but but they did that on USA, which I think is super cool. Uh, and then Matt Riddle and Killian Dane. Oh, I also think that having uh, Shayna Baszler come out and confront Candice LeRae at the end of that, really what's going on there is the USA television audience is being introduced to Shayna Baszler. It's the same reason why Adam Cole came out in the main event and with, with, with the Undisputed Era. And by the way, on my action figures, I have to take that U.S. title off of Velveteen Dream and just set it down on the table until Roderick Strong comes out in a couple series. Um, But it's a way of introducing these key players, even though they don't have matches. But I would not have expected their second match to be a Cameron Grimes match. It was Cameron Grimes and Sean Malata. Uh, Maluda? Malata? Maluda? Um, then they gave background on Maluda, so it didn't feel like an enhancement talent match. And you've seen him, you know, if you've watched NXT, you've seen him here and there. Um, but man, you know, they really wanted to show Cameron Grimes as somebody. 
Because just having him win in 10 seconds, it's like, I didn't expect that, especially on USA. But good on you. You know, it really was cool because you could have thrown Pete Dunne in that position. You could have thrown, had Walter come out and do a promo. You could have had a quick Leo Rush thing. You could have done a lot of stuff. But instead, you went with a guy who a lot of people don't know. And I think when you're dealing with, you know, the women's four-way, when you're dealing with a North American championship match featuring guys that if you watch any NXT, you know who Roderick Strong is, you know who Velveteen Dream is. The fact that they decided to take, you know, a couple of minutes, take one segment and make it about putting over as much as they could this guy that, that, you know, who a lot of us would know as Trevor Lee, but... Most people, especially just mainstream, you know, WWE fans that watch on USA, they have no idea who this guy is. And boom, there you go. How's this for a first impression? Pretty damn good. Um, that's when they showed uh, the video package for Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream, so you could understand. And I think that that was very valuable because if you're going to show a 25 minute match on an hour long television show, you got to explain to the audience why this is worth it. And I think they did, and I think that that match was just perfect. The pacing of it was great. The the build, the build and build and build and build to the point where with the false finishes, everybody losing their mind, and you felt it at home. You felt it at home as it was happening. Uh, and, you know, and we kind of understood that Velveteen Dream shouldn't be losing, even if we didn't watch regularly. Even if this is the first time you're watching, you got the Velveteen Dream should not be losing. And he lost because the Undisputed Era is so underhanded. You know? And I thought that that came across loud and clear. You know, I thought the storytelling was really, really good. Uh, I thought it was a good opportunity to get Undisputed Era out there. And I think it's going to make for interesting TV when all the NXT championships are finally in the Undisputed Era camp. Finally, the Undisputed Era is making good on on what they said they were going to do, and I think that that's, uh, that's cool because it really, now you understand that this is their era, right? And it's up to the good guys to, to get those titles back. So that's what you ended the show on. I thought it was a strong hour. Uh, I'm, dude, I, my adrenaline was going while it was on. I was pacing around. Like, I was really excited to see this all happening on USA. I'm excited for next week. I really can't wait until it goes two hours because I want to see what the pacing of this show on USA is going to feel like when it's two hours long. Am I going to keep the same energy that I had for the first hour? Because my energy was different for the first hour and the second hour. Is that because of USA? And when it's on for two hours on USA, am I going to keep that energy? Am I Is my adrenaline going to keep pumping? Also, is it just because it's brand new? After a month or two, am I going to be as excited? You know, that's the thing. That right now, that there is a honeymoon period. And after people take for granted that NXT is on USA, now it's, okay, what are you doing to get me excited about the fact that this is on TV? You know, what what what's keeping me? I know what got me here, what's keeping me? And I'm really looking forward to seeing what keeps us because they just don't fail at NXT. They don't mess it up. And I have every reason to believe that they will continue to not mess it up. I'm seeing a lot of notifications uh, coming in the Discord room. Uh, let's see. Yes. Front Row says uh, Beth has um, Beth has really uh, da, 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 grown into that role spectacularly. Yeah, she has. Yeah, she really has quickly. 
really quick. But that's because she understands wrestling so well, you know? I mean, she's a Hall of Famer for a reason. She's great. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Svoho says, my plan was to listen to Wade Keller via Peepo show, but I chose you. I chose you. Well, we won't go too long, so you'll be able to turn on Wade. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. You know, it's the tightest show on TV, says Front Row. It really is. It was a, it was a, the hour flew by. When Morrow, when that match started before 8.40 and Morrow said, what a way to close out the first hour. I went, what? You're going to let this match run through the rest of the show? It's your first time on USA. And then when it was done, I was like, that was it? The hour's over? I can't believe how quick that went. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see if it goes that quick when it's twice as long. I'm interested to see in does it still feel that tight when it's twice as long? And I think that it will because there's just so much talent. You know, I also think that that realistically, uh, the people running NXT, Triple H, they know when they're on USA and when they're not. Not that they undervalue the WWE Network because they don't. You know, they've been creating this content for the WWE Network and takeovers are still going to be on the WWE Network. But I think that they know they have theoretically years of shows to fill on USA. So they've got to do the great stuff in that first hour. And then in their second hour on the WWE Network, just use that to show people what direction they're going in. Because really, if you're doing anything earth-shattering, you want to save it for next week when you're back on USA, I think. I think that that's the move, you know? I wonder how it's going to be for everybody, for Morrow, for Beth, for Nigel, for for the, the, the guys that are working, for everybody to get used to the schedule of doing live TV every week. That's, that's one of these things. Like, we can react to the first episode all we want, and we always will. But how do you adapt is the question. What do you, how do you adapt when this becomes normal? I think that they're going to adapt well. I think I said it on the podcast earlier, but tonight NXT was called up to the main roster. The whole brand of NXT was called up to the main roster. There's no more individuals being called up. There's trading around. And they've been saying that for a long time, but tonight... They proved it. NXT brought their island with them and they planted it right in the middle of mainstream. And it was amazing. Uh, I saw one question pop up uh, while I was talking in our Patreon Discord room who get to watch this live. Yes, Voho says, how does Vince feel right now? I would imagine, I would hope, you know, who knows? Who knows what Vince is, what his tastes are? Who knows what he thought of the show? But I would hope that he watched the show and he feels secure. He's like, okay, this is what this product is supposed to be. It's different from my product, but this was a great show. It was a tight show. It was a fast show. It was an interesting show. The fans loved it. The online response is overwhelmingly positive. The in arena response was overwhelmingly positive. So you know what? I think my son-in-law, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, is the right man. I think this is in good hands. I would hope that that logic would come through because I think that that's what would be appropriate. All right, guys, that's it. You know, there's no reason to spend an hour recapping an hour of TV. So, you know, we spent about a third of the time 
that the actual TV show was talking about the TV show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you came straight here, go back and listen to today's podcast uh, as well with the Adam Cole interview and everything, State of Wrestling, where we talk about everything else. If you already listened to today's podcast and you're using this as you should as an addendum, thank you for doing that. We will see you next week on Not Sam Wrestling. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.